0: All you need to know about the Colts in one place. The Colts Daily Update starts now. Here's the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor.
1: Colts Daily Update on the air on this Wednesday, November 30th. Today, the last day of November, and the Colts were on the practice field today on a very chilly and cold and wintry-feeling day in Indianapolis. The Colts are getting ready for Week 13 Up next, the 8-3 Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night football, back-to-back primetime games for the Colts as they check into this game 4-7-1 record-wise, coming off another tough loss last week on Monday night football to the Steelers, dropping that game 24-17 at Lucas Oil Stadium. That means the Horseshoes have now lost five of their last six. And now they hit the road for three of their next four. And the four upcoming opponents for the Colts, they all have winning records and would be in the playoffs if they started today. The Cowboys, Vikings, Chargers, and Giants. The Colts would be on the outside looking in on the playoffs if they started today. They currently sit in 10th place in the AFC playoff standings. And right now the Colts are in danger of missing the postseason for the sixth time in the last eight seasons. The Colts are out of the playoff picture primarily because they haven't been able to close games out. They've had three opportunities lately at home that have slipped away. Fourth quarter leads against the Commanders, Eagles, and Steelers. The Colts couldn't see those through and they are now 4-4-1 four, four and one on the season in one score games. And interim head coach Jeff Saturday talked today about his message to the team and how to better execute down the stretch of games.
0: You know, from, from my perspective of how, how do you make the, the, the switch it was always about execution for us I mean we always felt we were gonna out you know teams would beat themselves if we just stayed the course right and and unfortunately we've been on the other side where we're beating ourselves and so to, to flip that we talk about it all the time man when it's called how do we execute it and so you know I go through and show plays my you know, myself them hey here's here's what our thinking should be and just give them a picture of here's how we hurt ourselves here how's if we stay the course We'll end up flipping these two w's and 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 to your point, we you know as a as a player, I always felt like when we hit the fourth quarter or the end of the fourth quarter, somebody on that squad was going to make a play, and it's having the faith and the confidence in each of the guys that you're lining up with that whoever's turn it is it's it's their opportunity to go make the most of it, and so that's where we're trying to get to that's Jeff Saturday,
1: and certainly this season has not gone according to script in any fashion for the Colts, not when the offense is statistically one of the worst in the NFL not when you replace an offensive coordinator and a head coach in the middle of the season and at 4-7-1 and one, some people, some fans are already keeping an eye on the Colts draft position and the draft order for next spring but Jeff Saturday and the players inside that locker room, they're not listening to that outside noise going into the month of December
0: I draw on one of our worst years here, right? When Peyton was injured and we're 2-14 and, and, and you know, just it was a, it was a miserable uh, experience from a winning and losing but I I told them I learned so much about myself as a football player as a man as a leader in those in those kind of darkest days right when you went and I watched Caldwell go through it and and as an organization what that felt like Um, and I I encourage guys that you know this will be a defining moment in your life of how you like do you love ball because it'll show up right do you do you love the work do you love the process because the results haven't been what we've wanted, But how do we get ourselves to change the results portion is through the process and making sure we stay steadfast to that. And and from a player perspective, them understanding uh, the business of our game, right, is that it's not only for the Colts now, but the audition for 31 other teams is a very real thing in the NFL. And what you put on tape is what people believe about you. So if you want to be a legacy player or a type of player that people recognize, it doesn't matter what the record is. It's, It's on you. Uh, those numbers, you can't hide them on game film. So make sure that you're representing your, your name and that number uh, well. That's Jeff Saturday. Meanwhile, the Cowboys coming into
1: this game. They've won four of their last five. They're playing some outstanding football here at the moment, and they are rested to a degree. They played on Thanksgiving, which means they're going to have about ten days between games playing the Giants and the Colts, and they've scored at least 28 points and have racked up over 400 yards of offense in four straight games. Their balance between the run and the pass, which is even scarier, they have at least 240 passing yards and at least 150 rushing yards in four straight games as well, and they are the first team to do that since the Bears back in 1947. So needless to say, they've got some weapons. They're the only team this season with three players with at least 600 scrimmage yards, they've got C.D. Lamb, running backs Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard in that regard, and then quarterback Dak Prescott. He's put up at least 250 passing yards and two passing touchdowns in four straight games. That's tied for the longest streak in Cowboys history. Their defense is just as good as their offense. They come into this game ranking first in passing yards per game, sacks on defense with 45, and they're second in points allowed, giving up only 17 a game. And back their 45 sacks on defense this season, second most by an NFL team through 11 games of a season in the last 20 years. They also don't give up sacks on offense either, only 14 on the season, which is the fewest in the NFL. And if that holds true for the entire season, the Cowboys would be the fourth team ever to rank first in offensive and defensive sacks. The last time that was accomplished in the NFL, 2020, when the Pittsburgh Steelers did it. The star on defense for the Cowboys, linebacker and pass rusher Micah Parsons. He ranks second in the NFL in sacks with 12 this year. He won NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year last year, squarely in the running for NFL Defensive Player of the Year this year. He's got 25 sacks in his first two years in the NFL and needs only one more to join Reggie White and Alden Smith as the only players with at least 13 sacks in each of their first two NFL seasons. So that's the quick scouting report and uh, look at the Cowboys in terms of firepower. Time for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll hear from one of the stars from Monday night for the Colts, rookie Dallas Flowers, who ripped off an 89-yard kickoff return on the opening kick of the second half against the Steelers. And he's going to talk about that play, his rookie season, and the upcoming game against the Cowboys on Sunday night football when we come back right after this. You're listening to the Colts Daily Update on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
0: Welcome back to the Colts Daily Update. A look at the Colts with the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. Welcome back. This is the
1: Colts Daily Update tonight. I'm Matt Taylor, and it's the Colts and Cowboys. Sunday night football coming up this weekend. The Colts are in Dallas for the first time since 2014 and playing America's team for the first time since 2018. As promised, we're going to hear now from rookie cornerback and return man Dallas Flowers. Who had an 89-yard kickoff return against the Steelers a couple of nights ago? He's a rookie out of Pittsburgh State. hasn't seen any time on defense yet this season, but he's been a mainstay on special teams, covering kicks and punts, and also returning kicks as he did the other night and earlier today. I had a chance to speak with him about his impactful play on Monday Night Football on a big stage. To
2: be honest, I've been I've been doing kick return my whole life, mm-hmm. so I mean it's kind of like second nature to me. And um, coming in after halftime, we was down 16-3, I believe, something right. like that. So I know we needed a spark. Um, I know I didn't have to be Superman. I just had to be myself. And um, I saw the crease, and I just shot it, and um, I had some great blocks. So
1: You took it, though, eight yards deep. Did you, did you realize how deep in the end zone you were when you first started that return?
2: Yeah, I started off like four, five yards deep. Like at first, when it first kicked off, I thought it was going to be shorter than what it was, but it got closer to me. I yeah. took like two, three steps back. But I was already locked in on a return, so I was like, I'm just bringing this out.
1: Is there a general rule on, on how far into the end zone yeah, we, you we, can or cannot make yeah, a return based on where you catch it? Yeah, we, we have a rule. Okay. Yeah. Did you break the rule? <laughs> 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 what was uh, What was Bubba Ventrone's reaction to that oh, play? he was. He Considering was, where you caught the ball in the end zone. He was excited.
2: He was excited. <laughs> uh, he knew. Like he'd been preaching like every week to have a big play on special teams, no matter what it is, just have a big play on special teams. And yeah. uh, we needed a big play at the halftime, so he would just have you at the end result.
1: Yeah. Did you think you were gonna score on that play? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, you were only about a half a block away. I mean, that's all you needed, right? Yeah. yeah. I on, needed on a play one more like block. that. <laughs> what what does a play like that do to the team? What does it do to the sideline? When you have a play like that where you get all the way down the field, as I said, the offense took over in plus territory, in fact, inside the red zone, what does that do to kind of energize the team and act as a catalyst in that comeback?
2: Oh, that just that just give, pretty much put hope back on our side, mm-hmm. um, get the momentum back, and now everybody is up and ready and, and, and happy and joyful and excited. And then the, that brings the crowd into the game as well, and we no at home. It. so And that that kind of like kills the away team vibe as well. So mm-hmm. now they're like, dang. That just happened, so now they like search and trying to see what can they do to stop us now. So
1: yeah, that's Dallas Flowers with us, uh, rookie cornerback and return man for the Indianapolis Colts, and uh, that's that's one of many, you know, big moments, signature moments for you in your career, but your first one here in your rookie season, and you did it against a, a marquee opponent, right? A legendary franchise mm-hmm. on Monday Night Football. What did that do to your confidence?
2: Um, it definitely helped me a lot. Um, like you said, that was my first return, and it was what, week week thirteen.
1: Yeah, you, well, your second one on the season, but yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. So I mean, it gave me a lot of confidence. I knew, I know that I can do this. You know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying it's me. I've been doing this my whole life. Um, it just gave me another, another, another step. in right. My confidence. You know, uh, Bubba and the coaches gave me the opportunity. They, they trusted me to go back there, and um, uh, I'm just happy. I just made made the right play and made them happy.
1: Yeah. How many reps do you get in practice oh, I, as a return man? I get,
2: I get reps I return. Uh, me and Isaiah switch off. Yeah. I get I get plenty of rest of return. And and is
1: it just a coach's decision on, on who's back there when? That kind of thing uh, during the game yeah, and in practice? Yeah. Now you've been active every game since week number five, again in your rookie campaign, made the team as an undrafted free agent out of Pittsburgh State. For you, how's how the season going for you? How would you classify your rookie campaign here?
2: Um uh, I say it's pretty it's going pretty well. Going mm-hmm. pretty well. Um, like I said, I'm definitely blessed to be here. You know what I'm saying? Um I say I say it's going pretty well.
1: And and like I said, you're having to balance. You're having to balance the defensive game plan on a weekly basis mm-hmm. because you never know when your number is going to be called there. But also on special teams where you're not only kicking or uh, returning kicks, but you're you know doing punts and punt returns. I mean, you're a core special teams player mm-hmm. on this team. What, what's a weekly um, – or I should say, what is a normal week for you, balancing all of that that you have on your plate there?
2: To be honest um – um Just like you said, waiting on my call for defense, Mm -hmm. Um, special teams. I could literally go from gunner to corner on punt return to punt returner to kickoff to kick returner. So I could play about five, six different positions on special teams itself. Right. So, I just got to be ready when my name is called and just just lock in on those four, five, six different positions just to be ready.
1: Right. And in in college, you were the guy, right? Mm -hmm. You mean you were the man, Mm -hmm. uh, especially on defense, you know, on all the different stops that you had in your college career, Pittsburgh State. And and now you're, again, in in your first year here with the Colts, focusing just on special teams. How, How difficult has that been for you to go from playing every down on defense to carving out your niche in the NFL on special teams? Um,
2: it kinda, it's kind of it's kind of different because that, that that haven't really been my role, sure, but right. in a way, I've always been like like a dark horse, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, a, a, a underrated player. Because coming out, I went to an NAI school and I finished at a Division two school, so I've always kind of been like a hidden gem, you know what I'm saying. But then when my name get called, and I always rise to occasion, so I believe that's going to be the same with this situation.
1: Yeah, Pittsburgh State. I mean. For those that don't know, that's a very underrated college football program. Mm-hmm. They've won a couple of national championships. Yeah. What What did that stop for you? What did that mean for you in your development and your path to the NFL?
2: Oh, um, it meant a lot. Um, and they wanted to see me on a higher level, showcase my talents, and I did there. And, like, Pitt State is the number one, um, got the most wins in, D- in Division two history. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a lot of players that played in the NFL, such as Joe Brown, receiver. So, I mean, it helped a lot, um, the fans there great the coach is great the atmosphere is crazy uh it may sound small to like division ones but on average we get about 12, 12 000 fans every game so i mean <laughs> yeah it was it was fun it was, it was exciting too so oh it yeah was good.
1: and you and again in your your prior stops in college you played football and basketball yes. on scholarship mm-hmm. when did you focus just on football
2: um i played basketball probably my first two years of college and um i sat down with like my family my brother my little brother mm-hmm. um and like other coaches they was like like if if you're serious about football you you legitimately think you got a shot of making it to the next level yeah so um I weigh my options you know basketball it's 6-6 six, six point guards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's two rounds of 30-picks, 60-picks versus yeah. seven rounds. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Play the odds there, brother. Right. There so that's, that's pretty much what it was. Yeah.
1: What position did you play in basketball? Combo, one and two. Okay. Yeah. All right. And now you could fill it up. You could shoot it then? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> when, when did you think the NFL was a dream that um, you could realize?
2: Um, To be honest, growing up, I knew I was going to make it one of them, basketball or football. But then when I once I started to like actually fill it, uh-huh. probably like 2019 season, Okay. Yeah, that yeah. was my that was my goal.
1: And from that standpoint, I mean, it was all football. It was Definitely. all football all the time. Now, once you got inside this Colts locker room, once you made the team, and you're an undrafted free agent, you know, on the 53 man roster, who are some guys that you've leaned on to sort of navigate through your first rookie season here?
2: Um, I would say, really, our D back core. Mm-hmm. We all close like the whole room. I would say, like, um, you know, Brandon Fazen. Um, Isaiah Rogers, uh, Kenny Moore, mm-hmm. Tony Brown. We all close as a group The safety's in the corner. We, we all close. So, I mean, we all kind of lean on each other and, and be there for each other. So it, it's no hate. We all pick each other up and we're always supporting each other.
1: That's Dallas flowers with us. Final couple of things again in your rookie season is the NFL, what you thought it was going to be in terms of grind and demand and, and just the, the 24 seven nature of this league.
2: Yes. And no, um, I knew the NFL was tough and, and rugged and stuff like that, but I didn't know, like, the attention to detail, practice mm-hmm. after practice, like having a meeting, about a meeting, like <laughs> being in the facility from, like, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. I didn't know it was like that, but I knew it was going to be hard and ups and downs and stuff like that.
1: Right. I mean, is it I, – I hate to ask you this, but, I mean, you hear all the time the cliche is guys are hitting their rookie wall, you know, in November and December. Have mm-hmm. you experienced anything like that?
2: No, I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, it's just hard. Like you said, it's all day, every day. Attention to detail. There's so much at stake in this league, and that's Definitely. why there is so much time on task. All right, last one for me. What's it been like for you playing on Thursday night, playing on Monday night football, now getting the chance to play on Sunday night on the road against the Cowboys? Another storied franchise. How excited are you for these opportunities?
2: Um, very, very excited. Um, my, my girlfriend family is from Dallas, so all her people are going to be there. Okay. And all my family going to be there. So, I mean, it's pretty much a surreal moment. Um, I feel like my whole life, like, when it's a big game or something big, I always rise to occasion. So, hopefully that would be the case Sunday.
1: All right, I lied. How many people have you heard from? How many people have texted or called after that big kickoff return? Uh, Especially on Monday Night Football, when it came.
2: Like, and like, through social media, probably, like, like <laughs> a lot. Like, probably, like, 200, 250, oh, something oh, like man. that.
1: I don't even know 200 people. <laughs> Well done. It was a lot. Well, that, that next kickoff return, you got to take it all the way back. Definitely all right. Do. Well done. That's Dallas Flowers, rookie out of Pittsburgh State. Continued success. Congrats on the uh on the great play and best of luck against Thank the Cowboys. You appreciate that. That's Dallas Flowers again coming off his eighty-nine yard kickoff return against the Steelers on Monday night football. His return was the longest kickoff return by a rookie in the NFL this season, and it was the longest non-scoring return by a Colt since Brad Pyatt back in two thousand. Three. That's all the time we've got tonight here on the Colts Daily Update. We got to make way for instant replay coming up next. I'm Matt Taylor, and we will talk to you tomorrow. More on the Colts and Cowboys on the Colts Daily Update here on the home of the Colts, ninety-three five and one zero seven five. The Fan.